Hey, real quick before you begin this message, we didn't record this in our normal space, so the audio quality is not up to uh, our standards. So we wanted to apologize for that, but we still want you to enjoy uh, the message. Like you get that, you get that severe thunderstorm warning on your phone, or you hear like the tornado siren coming, like from wherever it's at, and you're like, no, you're like, this is not me. You know, you you get that notification, and you're halfway across the room. You know, you're in the closet, wrapped up with all the clothes, or you're like down in the bathtub, you know, like a fetal position, just waiting for the tornado to come. All right, you hate storms. How many of you hate them? Can't stand them. Stephanie, do you like storms? You like storms? Stephanie likes storms. Okay, okay. Stephanie likes watching storms on the porch. All right? You know, my experiences with storms, now, I have not always been a big fan of storms. All right? I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. Um, I was the kid when I was younger that, like, I would be over at a friend's house and, like, a thunderstorm would come and I'm calling mom and dad. I'm out. I am going home, okay? I am not taking the chance of dying from a thunderstorm at my friend's house. I'm going home. You know, first lightning, first thunder, I was out. That's just, that's how I was as a kid. Um, And I'm not, I'm not really scared of storms now. Um, I don't look forward to them, you know? Like, I'm not a big storm guy. I like sunny, I like 75. Um, But there's a lot of times where we just face these storms in our lives. You know, and a lot of times we face storms with the people around us. Some other times we face storms by ourselves. I can remember one time when I was younger, probably in like middle school, uh, maybe early high school, it was like, it was like storming really bad in Jefferson and there was like a tornado warning or whatever. And I remember being out with my mom and dad out on like our driveway and like our neighbors were with us and we were like looking up at the sky. Um, And you know how like the sky kind of looks different when like there's tornadoes around or like it's storming really bad. Um, and I remember my mom looking at me, she was like, all right, you need to go inside, you need to get Brandon, and y'all need to go sit in our closet. And I was like, okay. So, I mean, that's what we did. Me and Brandon went, we sat in their closet. Um, you know, in that moment, it was kind of like a joke to me. You know, I mean, I was like, okay, like, I got, everyone's, no one's freaking out, I'm just sitting in a closet. All right? Um, so, sometimes these storms that come, like, they, they're really not that bad. Um, but then I've also been in these big storms where I've been by myself. And it kind of makes them a, a, a lot more hard to get through. Um, like last year, I was, I was at my apartment at the Woodlands in Athens. And um, one of my roommates was at home. He had to like sit, stay with his dog for the weekend because his parents were out of town. And then my other roommate was um, out of town playing baseball. And this huge storm came through Athens. All right, And it was wind blowing. It was hailing. It was raining so hard. And I was sitting there on my couch alone. All right, and in that, in that situation, I was a little bit more, I was a little bit more timid than I might have been when I had people with me. You know, I was sitting there, I was like, okay, I, you know, if it happens tonight, I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to die alone to this storm tonight. You know, and that's, I remember that going through my head when, like, the tornado warnings and all that stuff was going off. You know, and the truth is, when storms get bad, they can get scary. And when we're alone in them storms, it can, it can make it a little bit more scary. It can bring a little bit more fear into our lives. It can be more overwhelming. And did you know there was actually people in the Bible, there are people in Scripture who were also afraid of storms. 
In Matthew 8, there's a passage of scripture that describes to us a time that the disciples and Jesus were out on a boat and this big storm um, comes while they're out there. And I actually have the verses up there on the screen. Uh, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. It says, Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. All right, guys, so you see here that the disciples, they were, they were terrified of this storm that they were going to. Right? They, this storm's coming on the boat, and they're, they're terrified. Right? And Jesus is asleep. All right? So Jesus is on the other end of the boat, catching some Z's. Like, really, really not paying attention to what's going on. And the disciples are just, they're terrified. So they go over and they wake him up. And Jesus, he wakes up and he looks at him and he's like, you have little faith. He's like, why, why are you so afraid? You know, and they're probably like, Jesus, like, do you, not, do you not see this? Do you not see this hurricane above our heads right now that you were just somehow sleeping through? And Jesus turns and he rebukes the storm. It says he rebukes the wind and the waves. And if you don't know what the word rebuke means, it means to express sharp disapproval or criticism of something or someone. See, guys, Jesus didn't get up and just just tell the disciples, you know, it's going to be okay. Or, hey, it's just a storm. It'll pass. You know, he stood up and he sent off the waves. He sent off the wind. He quieted. He calmed the storm that was threatening them in that moment. You know, and although the storms that, that come our way may be frightening... You know, like the flashing of lightning, the roaring of thunder, hail, the, the rain, the wind, everything that comes with it. It can be very frightening. But however, some, some of the, the scariest storms and the hardest storms we face are the storms that hit us in our everyday life. And you know, maybe you're just, you're walking through a time right now and you feel like you've just been battling this storm forever. Right, you got this thing and it's just tearing you down, this obstacle that has just stood in your way, maybe in your way of faith or in your way of just, of just living. Maybe you just feel like it is just tearing you down day by day, right, and you, you, just, can't, you just can't take no more. You feel like you're constantly fighting these different storms that present themselves to you in your life. And over the next few weeks, we're just going gonna to take, take a little bit of time each night and just discuss these storms. Discuss the storms we face, you know, you know, what scripture says about them, how we can use Jesus to get through them, how we, can, how we can get through them and grow stronger because of them, how we can grow a relationship with Jesus through them. And we're going to look at how Jesus can ultimately calm any storm in our lives, even the ones that seem like they're about to wipe us out completely. And tonight we're just going to look at the storm of loneliness. We're going to look at some scripture about some people in the Bible who were lonely. Um, and how they reacted to that. And I want to start this discussion by actually looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 31. Um, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture that talks a little bit about these two guys named Paul and Silas. All right, and before we, before we begin really looking into the scripture, I want, to, I want to take some time and do a little rundown on who Paul is. All right, so Paul was this guy who was previously known as Saul, and I think, all right, cool. And he was a man who went around persecuting Christians. He persecuted them for what they taught, for what they believed, the way they lived. That was what, that was what this dude Saul did. All right? And one day Saul's going down the road and he's met by Jesus. 
all right? And Jesus ultimately changes this guy's life, all right? So, so Saul goes on, he becomes Paul, and he ultimately begins going around and preaching the word of God. He ends up writing like 13 letters to these different churches in that time, and they're actually, thir- or they're actually different books recorded in the New Testament. And I would say that Paul probably went on to become one of the greatest like, evangelists for Christianity. So Paul, you have this guy who was tearing down Christians. He meets Jesus. His life has changed, and now he's doing God's work. He's all in for God. He doesn't care if he's persecuted for it now. He is going around, and he is spreading the word of God. And that's where we're going to pick up. We're going to look at Acts 16, 16 through 24 first. It says, once, we, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to, the, to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. All right, guys, so at this point, Paul has been, he's been on his missionary journey for Jesus for about 16 years. All right, and, he's, and now he's finding himself in prison for the first time, um, at least for the first time that, that we see recorded in the Bible. You see, guys, this, this jail that Paul was thrown to, it, it wasn't just your normal jail. It wasn't just this, this room that had a bunch of cells in it, people staying overnight, hanging out. No, Paul, Paul and Silas were thrown in this dungeon, all right, this deep, dark dungeon. And when you look at it, it, it really seems like Paul and Silas were in a completely hopeless situation, right? They had been, they had been arrested for doing the works of Christ. All right, and back then, depending on where you were at this time, that was dangerous. Like, that was like life-threatening, like a dangerous thing to do back then. Paul and Silas are sitting here, they're risking their lives to go out and preach about, the, about Jesus, to spread the word of Jesus to people. And I can't help but imagine how lonely they were, right? They're, they've, everyone they love is outside of this place. Right? They're probably so many miles from home because they were out, they were out preaching. They were, it wasn't like they were just chilling at home when this happened. Right? And I can't, I can't just help to think how lonely they feel. I can't help to think that they probably feel like they've been abandoned by God. That God has kind of let them down in a way. And you know, I also can't help but to think like what, what's going through Paul's mind in this time. You know, if I was Paul in this moment, I, I would probably not be the happiest person. You know, me and, me and God would be, we'd be having a conversation, right? I'd, I'd be like, God, like, what are you, like, what's your plan here, right? Like, I, you met me, and I've, I've been doing your works. I've been, I've been preaching your name. I've been doing everything you called me to do. Like, why, why am I in prison? Why am I locked up? Why am I down here? Why do I feel abandoned? 
And he has to be wondering why he's, he's just he's stuck in one of the loneliest places he could be at that moment. I want to continue reading and see how Paul and Silas respond to this storm that they're facing. We're going to continue on verses 25 through 31. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Can y'all believe this? Can y'all believe like, how Paul and Silas responded in this moment? We find them here, like we said, in one of the worst possible situations. They're alone, they've been abandoned, they've possibly been forgotten, they've been beaten with a rod, they've been restricted down there in this deep, dark dungeon by chains. You know, they probably, they probably haven't been fed very well, they probably haven't slept very well in however long they were there. However, they didn't get angry with God. You never, you never see them get angry once, you never see them question God a single time, you never see them maybe even turn and blame each other for what they're in. But instead, they sing praises to God, right? Instead of, instead of being angry, instead of being sad, they decide to worship and to sing praise for God, even in this lonely moment. And the power of their praise shook the prison, right? It said that it released every prisoner. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Paul and Silas' gates that just popped open, right? The prison shook, and every single cell in the prison opened up. And you know, in this moment... In this moment when they were locked up down in that dungeon, they face a similar storm that we face every single day. And it's that storm of loneliness. But you see, the difference for Paul and Silas here is they knew a truth. Right? They knew a truth and they held on to the truth. And that truth was that Jesus, he wasn't leaving them. That they weren't lonely down in that dungeon. That yeah, maybe this was some suffering they were called to do. This was a part of God's plan for them, but they had never been truly left alone. Although it seemed like they might have been, although it seemed like they were abandoned, maybe even left down there to die, God was with them the whole time. And we see this to be true at the end when the doors open, right? The doors, like a prison doesn't just shake and doors open because two dudes are singing. Like we know that, right? It's obvious that God was with them in that moment, right? That they were praising God and he decided to open up the gates that were restricting them. And what I want you to see from the scripture is that we can face the storm of loneliness in our lives because we can hold on to that same truth that Paul and Silas held on to. Right? We can face those storms because we also know that our God is not going to leave us. Right? That he loves us and he's going to stand by us even when we feel like we're alone. I have a few verses I want to look at up here. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8 The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
In Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, guys, we can take heart in our loneliness because of the awareness we have that God's going to be with us through it. Right? The awareness that we, that we receive from the passage about Paul and Silas and the awareness that we receive from those three verses behind me. And we know that even when we feel alone, when our heart seeks in and we just feel like we have absolutely nothing together, our God is still with us. He is still walking by us. He is still loving us. He is still guiding us. I want to take you time right. I want to take time right quick to share share a moment where I've like I've felt alone. Um, to be honest with you, there have been many times in my life where I've I've felt lonely. Um, I've felt like I was alone. Most of you have probably heard my story a few times just from just from being in here. But there was a time in my life where I kind of pushed God to the side and was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Blake route for a little bit. All right, I was. I was, I was living this certain way for, for my whole life, and I was, I'm going to push that to the side. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to still talk to you, God. I'm going to still come to church. But, like, I, I want to do what I want to do outside of that. Um, and I, 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 there was a time in my life where I lived that way. And at the end of it, when I really realized the person I had become and I didn't like it, um, it, honestly, it honestly made me feel like I wasn't worth the love, forgiveness, care that God had. I wasn't worth the love, forgiveness, care that Brian had, that, that my church family had. And I began to, to push God and other people away in, the, in those moments. And it led to me becoming lonely, right? I had pushed everyone, I had pushed everyone else away. And it was in these times of loneliness that, that I learned two, two very important things. I got them... Uh, we got them up there? Right there. Yeah, yep. The first one is that God will never leave me. Right? I realized that I was the one pushing God away from me. Right? In those times when I felt alone, it was my fault. It wasn't him. Right? It, it all started when I pushed God to the side at the very beginning. And then, and then he kept showing up in my life. He kept, he kept providing. He kept wanting to help. He kept wanting me to come back. And I kept pushing him to the side. I kept pushing him to the side. And I realized that. I realized that he didn't leave me. He can actually continue to open door and door for me. But I continued to close them. And the second thing I learned is that during our times of loneliness, God will continue to put people in our lives to love us, to care for us, and to be with us. Right? I also realized that the reason I felt so alone was because I was pushing the people in my life away as well. Right? I was, the people who loved me, the people who, who wanted the best for me, who cared for me. You know, I was, I was pushing them people out of my life as well. And, you know, I was reading an article on loneliness the other day. And it states that shockling, shockingly more and more surveys are showing that teens and young adults of the day are more lonely than any other age group. It stated that four in every ten young people are lonely for some reason. And you know, I think about this, and I was, I was reading that article, and I was looking at, looking at it, and it really, it breaks my heart to read that. It breaks my heart to read that four out of every ten students y'all's age feels alone. You know, guys, y'all, 
y'all are growing up, you're learning so much, you're meeting so many people, you know, middle school, you know, high school, growing up with those friends, those people in your life that you have so much fun with day in and day out, those are supposed to be the best years of your life, right? And I look at this survey and I see that 40% of people's y'all's age feels like they're going through that alone. They feel like they have nobody with them in their loneliness. And you know, you could be like me, and you could be facing the storm of loneliness because you're being, you've been pushing people away. You've been pushing God away. But there's also a lot, there's a lot of other reasons why you could feel this loneliness. You know, maybe it's you've been in this group of friends since you, since you can even remember. And, you know, for some reason recently, they, they're just not, they're not, they're not hitting you up as much. They're not, they're not asking you to come over. You know, you're seeing on social media that they're having these big group hangs and you're sitting on your couch on Saturday night. You know, maybe that's a loneliness you're facing. Maybe you're losing some friends and that is causing loneliness inside of you. You know, or maybe, maybe you walk into school and you just feel like you don't really fit in. You know, you walk through the doors and you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do here. And then you, then you begin to think, you know, maybe it'll just be easier if I don't hang out with anybody. At least then I don't have to worry about being embarrassed. At least then I don't have to worry about people making fun of me or losing people close to me. Back to it. All right, yeah. Maybe, maybe you feel like you just really, you don't, you don't fit in with anybody, right? And you're like, okay, it's, it's better for me to just, to just stay back. I'm going to stay clear of all that. And that way I don't have to be made fun of. I don't have to be left out. I don't have to be forgotten. Right, so maybe, maybe you face loneliness because of a situation like that in your life. You know, or maybe you walk into school and you try your hardest to fit in, but you just feel like nobody recognizes you. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not working for you, right? And you find yourself just deep in this loneliness. You know, there are so many other things, like I said, that can, that can lead us to feeling lonely, lead us to feeling isolated from the people around us. And I'm, as I'm sure we all know, that loneliness can hurt. It can hurt bad. It can bring fear into our lives. It can bring doubt about ourselves into our lives. And as I wrap up tonight, I just want to ask, are you facing the storm of loneliness right now? Do you feel alone, pushed away, abandoned even? Because if you are, you shouldn't. Right? Nobody should leave this room tonight feeling like they are all alone in any way. And I want to encourage you to just remember those two things that, that I learned from the loneliness in my life. Remember that God is not going to leave you. It don't matter what you're facing. It don't matter how abandoned you feel, how pushed away you feel. He is never going to leave you. He is always going to be by you and loving you, even when you feel alone, even when you make mistakes. And the second thing is he's going to continue to put people in your life, right? You look around you right here. These are all people that God has put into your life. All right, these are your brothers and sisters in, your, in Christ, your family under him, right? And we've, we've been called to love one another when it's needed. We've been called to guide one another when it's needed. But we're also called to comfort each other when we feel alone or when we feel, when we feel scared or frightened from the storms in our lives. So tonight, if you've been facing these storms, I just, I hope you see that you're not alone. And you have a family here in this youth group who is staying by you. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much. Um, I thank you for allowing us to come here tonight, Lord, and just dive into your word a little bit. Ultimately, I thank you, Lord, that you, you never leave us. 
through the tough times, Lord, through the loneliness, through the mistakes, you choose to stand by us, love us, and care for us, Lord. We thank you for all the other blessings you've given us, and I ask you to be with us throughout the rest of the night. In your name I pray, amen.